Welcome back to the Talking Thomas podcast, your podcast for all things Thomas and Friends, Shining the Time Station, the Railway Series, etc. I'm Tony. And I'm Orion. And we are back this week with a new group of commentaries. Uh, We're still in the middle of season three of the series, uh, and we're going to just keep plugging along here. We've got one that started out as a magazine story, and then two that are uh, rather special railway series stories. And we'll get to that uh, as we get to the episodes, of course. Um, now, of course, all of these are adaptations because it's uh, by series three. They were, uh, you know, doing adaptations of not only the railway series, but also the magazines. And even when they were doing railway series, they were changing them a bit to fit the four and a half minute uh, format so that they wouldn't always have to double up on episodes as much as they did in the first two seasons. Um, but either way, uh, let's jump in with the episode Trust Thomas, which was actually the first episode that I can remember seeing on VHS. Um, and so here it is. Uh, wherever you have that, uh, go ahead and press play now. As I said, this was the first one I'd seen on VHS um, because uh, in, in the U.S. at least we had the Trust Thomas VHS and uh, this, of course, is the first episode. So really this is it's not a great episode i know it's not a great episode but it's one that i have fond memories of watching yeah absolutely something interesting right from the start is the fact that the opening uses season one stock footage uh of that wonderful lake you know mountain lake set um but uh that it's so jarring when you switch from the season one footage to the season three footage in terms of the color um, you, it, that, that is a perfect example of just how different season three looked from the, uh, from the previous two, because season one and two, they kind of can blend in. They still look a little different, but that is such a difference. Um, when they switch from that stock footage to the, to the new footage, it's just crazy. Well, it is because, you know, season one and it was very flat lighting and stuff. Everything was sort of, uh, I, I wouldn't become brown until season two, but season one, I guess, was sort of almost gray in a sense. Um, not as lively and vibrant. <laughs> Definitely not as vibrant as season three. So, What is? <laughs> um, very but true. Especially in the restored versions of that we um, that we're very lucky to, to have. Um, the the colors just really pop for, for season three. Of course, this is interesting because, of course, this is uh, very similar to the story trucks, um, right. which was not, you know, who knows whether they uh, had any idea whether they would even get to a, se- a series for or be able to adapt the narrow gauge stories. But uh, of course, then that makes that story um, later known as Rusty Helps Peter Sam in the U.S. edition uh, seem like a copy of this, even though obviously it's not. That is a good point, actually. And, you know, um, I I say this is a uh, magazine story adaptation, and that it is. It's adapted from an Andrew Brenner story, uh, Birdie's Bumpy Roads. But uh, a good chunk of the story is also, to a point at least, based on trucks. So um, it's interesting that because, you know, it would only be one season later that they would adapt trucks properly. (laughs) 
Right. And that's actually an interesting idea. And uh, I'm surprised that they didn't explore it more uh, in terms of ideas for if they were lacking an idea for a standard gauge story or particularly a story with Thomas or, or one of the other main engines that they wouldn't have just taken a story idea from the narrow gauge and turned it into that. They didn't really do that. Um, right. When they definitely certainly could have, um, and probably, and it wouldn't have necessarily been a terrible idea to do that, um, to kind of rework those if they knew that they weren't going to use them. For example, um, you know, something from Mountain Engines or uh, very old engines or any of the books that they didn't end up adapting that they right. could have used for the TV series or any of Christopher's Scarlet books. That would be interesting. Uh, I don't know necessarily about the Mountain Engine uh, books because that... Those are the so specific. On... Yeah, exactly. They're so specific to the Snowden Mountain Railway and the way that those locomotives work that I don't know how that will, how well that would work. Um, to a lesser point, I would say the Starlowy books might have worked depending on the story. I mean, this certainly does, you know, so. Um, yeah. Um, so it's, it's not, it's not a bad idea at all. I, I quite, think, I think that would have been quite an interesting idea. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing about what could have been. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is another example of, you know, kind of trying to build on the, the relationships uh, between some of the characters. Thomas gets bumped, of course, builds on the Thomas and Bertie relationship. This is another one that does that. Um, not my favorite, not my favorite episode by any no. means, but not, but not a bad episode. Um, and I loved the little toad at the end here. That's a nice little, um, nice little piece. I was, I was just going to say that I've, I've always gotten a bit of a kick out of that one. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I've lo- I liked that quite a bit. Uh, but as you said, yeah, you know, it's a decent episode. It's not the best one ever, um, but it's one that I certainly have a lot of nostalgia. In fact, all three of the ones that we're talking about tonight are um, ones that I have quite a bit of nostalgia for being amongst the first ones that I had recall seeing. I'm sure I saw others before them, but these are the ones that I recall seeing and recall watching multiple times, like more so than most of the others that I had up until that point. Um, which brings us ni- nicely into a set of two Railway Series adaptations. And I said that they're special ones because um, they're adaptations of the Reverend's two last Railway Series stories. Um, of course, the Railway Series sort of unofficially ended the first time in 1972, or maybe officially ended in, in 1972, uh, the first time around. And uh, yeah, so let's get into these la- these two episodes that are uh, based on the Reverend's last two stories. And the first one is, of course, Mavis. You can go ahead and press play now. Right from the start here, I love Mavis's theme. Yes. Uh, it's uh, just a lovely little ditty and, and just sounds so different. I, I think it's... Uh, just a, a very different sounding theme than what Michael Donnell and Junior Campbell had composed previously. Um, but I, and, I, and I like the character of Mavis. Um, it's nice to have a, of course, a, another female Diesel character. Um, at this point, we would have had only had Daisy. Um, but it's also nice to see the quarry um, and in snow. So, and this this season actually is quite a few episodes that that happen in snow um, that aren't necessarily Christmas related. 
Which is nice because, you know, we get to see the island at winter, but not necessarily at Christmas because, you know, winter does winter really only starts a few days before Christmas and then it goes on until like mid-March. And so it's kind of nice to see winter episodes that don't center around Christmas. Um, now, this scene here uh, is interesting because in the railway series, of course, we have Daisy talking to Mavis, uh, but here we have Diesel does this take play does does this episode take place during diesel does it again then uh, yeah i i know that it's a kind of a controversial <laughs> choice <laughs> that they had put diesel in there instead um cuz it 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 really doesn't quite work I, I i guess unless you do align it with that time it's possible um interesting theory i love this set though and i've i always loved this um uh the just the way that it's explained and it's just a very aesthetically pleasing little uh, little thing there and I always enjoyed I when I had my wooden railway I would often kind of try to recreate this by by having a little dip with uh, Toby and some trucks and uh, and allowing the trucks to kind of push him along I think I did that a few times as well and you're you're exactly right it is a very good uh, very nice uh, set um, I've I I don't know. There's just, there's something about this and the previous episode that uh, bring a lot of nostalgia for me because I'm I'm gripped right now just watching this. Even though you know it's basically just Mavis stalling at um, you know a crossroads. It's it's really uh, it, I I don't know. It's it's just an interesting. It it fills me with nostalgia because you know it it's. Again, not one of my favorite episodes, but it's one that I remember fondly. Yeah, absolutely. And I wouldn't even say Mavis is one of my favorite characters, but I, I just like, uh, obviously, her two appearances here in season three are, are good. Um, they're two pretty decent stories. That is a uh, not a flattering angle for Toby. We had an overhead shot there <laughs> looking down, and you could see into the eye sockets. Um, they, they didn't shoot the engines that way very often for good reason, so... Yeah, especially Toby with the flat front just doesn't quite work. I was going to say you you can kind of hide the eye mechanisms in most of the locomotives, but with Toby, uh, you know, because of the way he's designed, uh, there's there's really no good way to hide the eye mechanisms when you're shooting from the top, so or from above him, I should say rather, so. I, I like this piece of music as well. I mean, the, the Mavis theme is fantastic. And I know that we've heard other variations of this music, but this variant of the music I quite enjoyed. So Absolutely. And I always loved them. Uh, the uh, driving fireman uh, spreading hot cinders on the... Uh, I, yes. just like, I just always love the way that they look. It's the little things. <laughs> It is. It really is. Now, this episode, as as it's coming to an end, this episode is is interesting in that the initially released version of it on the Trust Thomas VHS cuts off a good ten ish or more seconds early, and then it was only, I believe, on the Ten Years of Thomas VHS that it uh, uh, was put at the correct. Uh, timing because in some versions of it and i i think it depends on what version of episode you're watching 
it cuts it th- this is one of the final episodes to have the ditty that uh played at the very end of each episode throughout all of season one and most of season two right yeah it's always uh interesting it i it's it is interesting that they decided to drop that. I don't know if it's ever been discussed in one of the interviews with um, with either Michael Donald and Junior Campbell. I can't quite remember, um, but uh, but it's it, just interesting that they did decide to drop that at some point, even though that was such a staple of the early episodes. And they don't really use it that much in season three, do they? I mean, I think this is one of the only appearances of it, and to my recollection, it's the last appearance of it. Yeah, a lot of episodes they just decided to use different different music stings at the end instead of just that standard one. Um, lots of the, every episode pretty much always ends with some sort of musical beat, but uh, right, but not, but sometimes more appropriate to the actual episode, the the tone of the episode. Um, the one that comes to mind is the uh, kind of uh, uh, Spanish flavored theme at the end of Bullseyes when Daisy pulls into the shed. Uh, that's one of yeah. my favorite closing pieces of music for many of the episodes. Yes, which my, of course, which well. of course, we'll get to. Yes, far far along in season four, we'll get to that one. Um, but next up, we have uh, an episode that I always found quite exciting uh, when I was a kid, and uh, it. We'll we'll just uh, discuss it as we go along. Then uh, this is Toby's tightrope. Go ahead and press play now. Um, we got a lot of mileage I, out I, of this quarry in, uh, you know, in uh, in season three. Um, with uh, of course, trust Thomas and Mavis and Toby's tightrope and Donald's duck. Um, you know, it was used quite a bit. Oh yeah. Uh, definitely. And I do like how, of course, in in the tradition of the railway series version of the story, how this story follows almost directly on from uh, the previous episode. Yes. Uh, which which is something that, unfortunately, after season four, we wouldn't really see much of at all. So. But. Uh, yeah. And with what you were saying earlier about Mavis not being one of your favorite characters, she's not one of my favorite characters either, but these two introductory stories for her are really good, you know? They are. They're, um, I would say, it, I know that Audrey felt that he was scraping the bottom of the barrel with with his last stories, but really, uh, Tramway Engines is a very strong conclusion to his collection of books. Uh, he went out on top. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um so and this almost sort of the these two episodes almost sort of harken back to the original uh thomas stories in in that it's 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 interesting that audrey's last two stories involve a cheeky diesel engine and some of audrey's earliest stories involved a cheeky tank engine um you know so you know an interesting sort of mirror there except you know uh 20, 30 years down the line where Sodor is slightly more modernized, you know, but it's a similar type of story. Yes. And I think it, it was an interesting idea for him to, uh, to introduce Mavis in terms of uh, the quarry having their own engine um, and developing that, 
the tramway idea because of course by that time he had developed he and george had developed quite a bit of the actual uh of course the the backstory for not just the new lines that were introduced scarlowey and arlesdale etc but also the uh um but also the further development of the existing lines that we had come to know over the, the several books that shot that we just uh, missed of that log hitting the uh, one of the bridge supports, I love that shot. Absolutely, I think it's it's just a great uh, it's a great set and it's a great idea. And of course, um, uh, recently uh, we have seen some great production artwork from that, um, and yeah. uh, have been able to see some of that uh, some of the original designs for this episode and the ideas. So it's uh, it's great they executed it very well. Made it this very, very just, exciting. This is just a really thrilling episode. I've always, ever since I was a little kid, I always enjoyed watching this particular episode. Um, you know, I love uh, the the these two Mavis episodes, as I've said, but uh, this one in particular, um, with it's one of the rare occasions where we see Toby in a sort of dilemma, because normally Toby doesn't get into these kind of scrapes, and so it's it's quite interesting to see that and. Toby's such a lovely character as well so you know oh absolutely and of course we would uh, Toby would have his, another run in with a uh, uh, with a collapsing bridge and uh, Toby in the flood two seasons <laughs> later um, and uh, and over the years he's gotten to, into some more uh, sticky situations but uh, but yes he, he, quite a calm uh, character to deal with usually you know, prior to this episode Right. And so, of course, you know, at the end, all is forgiven and Mavis is um, allowed to do her work as usual uh, and, you know, gets to stay. Now, another interesting bit is that on the I don't know if it was my copy of of the Trust Thomas VHS or if it was every copy or what it was. uh, My copy of Trust Thomas at least had an error where at like the last second uh, or two of um, Toby's tightrope would have a little blip with a run with a line running down the screen and like just a slight dip in uh, the sound for like a, barely a second. And uh, so, yeah, that, like I said, I don't know if that was just mine or what it was, but I always found that interesting. Hmm. So... Uh, but yes, so that was uh, Trust Thomas, Mavis, and Toby's Tightrope. Um, of the three, I, I like the two Mavis episodes a bit more. Um, I think Toby's Tightrope is probably my favorite, followed closely by Mavis and then uh, Trust Thomas. But I like all three of them for nostalgic reasons. Uh, wh- what do you think? Yeah, I would rank them, um, uh, I would say Mavis Trust Thomas and Toby's tightrope. Um, if mm-hmm. I had to say, I I, I like the, uh, of course the the bridge collapsing sequence at the end of Toby's tightrope, but the rest of it doesn't do as much for me um, as as Trust Thomas. But uh, but yeah, I would say yeah, M- Mavis Trust Thomas, Toby's tightrope, and um, Mavis is a great introductory episode as as far as uh, introductory episodes go throughout the series for new characters or throughout the classic series, I should say. Um, it's it's a it's a good one. It is. Um, I know we've we really haven't touched on the name board uh, sequences, mostly because you know they haven't 
they never really have an impact on any of the episodes, but I'd like to talk about those for like two seconds in that the Trust Comes VHS is one of, up until, you know, a few years later with some of the compilation videos, the Trust Thomas VHS was the first uh, time that, first and for quite a while only time, that Mavis's name board appeared in a sequence. And it only appeared in the one sequence uh, between uh, Mavis and Toby's tightrope. Yeah, it's quite interesting because Mavis, uh, Mavis really never got that many other uh, starring roles in any episodes, at least not in the classic series. Um, right. Even though she was used in so much of the merchandising, um, particularly thinking about um, the uh, 10 years of Thomas VHS uh, on the cover, she's quite prominent. Um, mm-hmm. And then I just remember just as a kid in general, she was always uh, on quite a bit of the merchandising. So, I mean, part of that may have had to do with the fact that um, it was quite a distinctive shape. Um, and quite a distinctive look in general, and also that she was one of the only female characters. So that, I'm sure, had quite a bit to do with it. Um, but it is interesting. Sure. Didn't really get much of a, um, an important role, except um, a, only occasionally. Uh, she popped up a couple times in season five, um, but, uh, you know, just cameo appearances in, in season four. In Thomas and the Special Letter, and um, right. I think that's it. <clears throat> Yeah, no, and that is a good point as well, is that, you know, because this was at the time where the name boards were either were either always the exact same sequence or on rare occasions, depending on what copy of what VHS you had, occasionally they would be, you know, in the sequence where the character that the episode focused on would be the final character or would at least show up during the name board sequence. But um it is interesting that uh, that Mavis only appeared the once up until the compilation videos started coming out. But um, but either way, um, well, we hope that you've enjoyed listening to our thoughts on these three episodes. And let us know your thoughts. Uh, which of the three did you enjoy the most? Um, what do you think of Mavis as a character and her introductory episodes? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Of course, you can... Uh, get in touch with us via Twitter at uh, TalkingThomas1, uh, or you can send us a message on Facebook, facebook.com slash TalkingThomasPod. And you can listen to us a number of places, such as uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, our home, Anchor. So uh, thank you all so much for listening, and until next time, uh, have a good one.